You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival Podcast. My name is Matt Baker, and I perform a comedy stunt show at the Moisture Festival. And I am Louie Fox, and I perform some hand shadows, some magic tricks, also at the Moisture Festival. (laughs) We are your podcast hosts, and if you don't know what the Moisture Festival is, it is a four-week festival that celebrates the variety arts in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. It's the largest festival of its kind in the world and probably the universe. (laughs) There's an amazing one out in Alpha Centauri, though. (laughs) And it features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today. The festival happens usually in the months of March and April. And not only do they have world-class variety acts, the Moisture Festival also hosts some of the best burlesque performers in the world. They even have a whole week dedicated to burlesque. Wow! So if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to get your tickets now because 95% of the shows sell out. And you can get tickets to all the shows by visiting their website at moisturefestival.org. Yeah, and be sure to sign up for the newsletter because there is stuff that happens year-round. They do fundraisers. They've been doing some virtual shows. So be sure to check that out. Now, today, we're excited to have the man, the myth, the legend. We have Tom Noddy on today's program. We learn all about the Bubble Man, how we went from street performing to performing on Johnny Carson overnight, and how bubbles have taken him all over the world. Yeah, pretty much he's done about everything there is to do in the variety arts business. So this is part one of our two-part conversation with the Bubble Man, Tom Noddy. This performer has performed professionally for over 50 years and has appeared on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, The Late Show with David Letterman, and authored the world's premier bubble book called Bubble Magic. He's performed all over the world at cabarets, festivals, Spiegel tents, math conferences, and any other venue you can think of. This interview has been a long time in the making. We're excited to welcome Tom Noddy. (laughs) And we are in a... Jungle wagon. It is a trailer... Called the Jungle Wagon. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has a real history. That's been to the Oregon Country Fair regularly. This ah. is the backstage there. Which... And we had to swim through two hours of spreadsheets to get to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and your head's still above water. Well done. <laughs> well, we're really excited. You know, I think we had this on the books two different times. And, uh, you know, during COVID, you know, sort of threw a wrench in all the plans. So thanks for... Uh, you're, you're up here in Seattle right now, uh, so thanks for making this happen, man. We appreciate sure, it. Sure, you guys. Thanks for coming. Hey. So now, when was you, the first moisture festival you did? Did you do the first one? No, I did the one in the tent. I didn't do. Okay. Uh, and right after that, I've been involved ever since. Okay. Actually, to tell you the truth, I was involved uh, before there was moisture festival. Um, I was a street performer. I talked about new vaudeville. I, at some point, I was uh, I was putting street performers in San Francisco together into variety shows. Mm -hmm. And I was calling it uh, cabaret, San Francisco cabaret, me and another guy. And we're putting different street performers together. And I met these two uh, jugglers, these street jugglers, uh, uh, they call themselves the flying Karamazov brothers. And I asked them to be in one of my shows and they said, no, but that's really interesting what you're doing. They couldn't make the date. Um, they, they said there's another guy up in the Northwest that's doing a similar thing, putting street performers together into variety shows. Uh, you call yours cabaret. Uh, he calls his vaudeville. And as soon as they, they as soon as they said, of course, that was, uh, that was uh, Howard and Paul, uh, Yvonne and Dmitry Karamazov. Uh, and as soon as they, they, they said it, uh, I, I went, no, no, he's right. Who, what's his name? Reverend Chumbly. In the Northwest. Ah. Reverend Chumley was putting street performers together and he was calling it vaudeville. And I realized he's right. I'm wrong. It's not cabaret. It's vaudeville. That's yeah. right. Vaudeville. Yeah. And so I went to the library and I read every book I could on vaudeville and I became, I became an evangelist for this, uh, for this new <laughs> vaudeville movie. Yeah. And I was traveling around making a plan. My idea was 
a circuit along the West Coast from Vancouver down to Santa Cruz, uh, California, Vancouver, uh, B.C., um, and, and hitting, you know, the kind of the street performer spots along the way and mm-hmm. then and then getting the counterculture through the through the Emerald Triangle out to see shows and stuff <laughs> like that and building a building a circuit. Um, and uh, and at some point, uh, my, my thing clicked. I got I got the I was a street performer, but I, I got the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And then I started uh, really booking the, these shows. Yeah, we, we had something called. West Wind Traveling Vaudeville. We had a bunch of acts. And when? Uh, what year was this? Oh yeah, that's um. So that would have been because <laughs> you twenty thirteen. Because you were on the Tonight Show in nineteen eighty three with that's Johnny right, Carson, January eighty three, and um, and so I was. We were doing these uh, these uh, West Wind Vaudeville shows at that time. Uh huh. Okay. I, I was always trying to get the Caramazos or get somebody uh, some names to bring people to the shows, and suddenly I was a name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I, or at least the publicity. Nobody knows my name, but uh, the publicity could say he was on the Tonight Show. Oh, really? He was on the Tonight Show. He's coming to this little town. Yeah, let's go see him. So that really helped. Um, so I guess it started. We started doing it in seventy eight, seventy nine, seventy nine. Westwind Travel and Vaudeville. Uh, so 79, 80, yeah, 81, yeah. 82, 83, 84, 85. So you had been doing a variation of the Moisture Festival. Yeah, there wasn't moisture yet, but there was. it was New Vaudeville. Yeah. And, and New Vaudeville is the larger thing that uh-huh. was going on among the performers. I mean, so, Bill Irwin was being called uh, New Vaudeville, uh, Avner the Eccentric. Um, you know, uh, Newsweek magazine did a yeah. big story about the New Vaudeville. We had a, a New Vaudeville Festival in 86 in... Uh, San Francisco State University. So you were like in the early days of making this sort of a mainstream That's art. Right. What it yeah. is today. Right. And we tried to, and, and part of the thinking was the Karamazovs were already going to the Oregon Country Fair. Avner the Eccentric was going to the Oregon Country Fair. Artist the Spoonman was going to the Oregon Country Fair. Okay, so I started going to the Oregon Country Fair every year and encouraging other performers that I knew. Yeah. From Germany, from other places to come to the Oregon. That's where New Vaudeville gathers. Yeah, we're, we're all over. Yeah. We're just scattered. We're, we're here and there. We run into each other. If I'm in Philadelphia and I check the newspaper and Avner is there, I'll go see this. Oh, but otherwise, where can we get together? Oregon Country Fair. Every yeah. year or every year, we'll go to the Oregon Country Fair. So that became kind of the center for what yeah. we were doing. And then there were these, uh, there, were, there were some musicians that came to the Oregon Country Fair. Um, uh, so Ron Bailey and... Uh, and they were calling themselves the uh, the gutter people at first, and then <laughs> later on uh, they 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 got fancy. They got French about it. It's uh, uh, the Royal Famille du Caniveau, yeah. <laughs> which means the gutter people. Um, <laughs> and so uh, and so they were coming to the fair, and they they actually were at first they were just playing music, and then they saw this new vaudeville thing that we were doing. Me and the Karamazovs and artists and uh, Mose Wright, who was doing fire breathing and swords, while we were putting on variety shows. And uh, and Ron went, no, that's what that we we can't just sing. We got to act these things out. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they were kind of like a, they were a, there was a kind of a rock and roll family, you know. And then the the the, the girlfriends and the and the boyfriends and the husband and the exes and you know it was a larger <laughs> yeah, family. It was yeah, a Seattle yeah. group. And it turns out once they started acting them out, that in among their crowd they had some really good actors they had some comic performers they had yeah uh well they had some aerialists mm-hmm. they, they 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 really had some stuff and so they really turned into a, a new vaudeville performance and going to the fair every year and ron at some point well actually i'd been to to germany i played in uh the the, the, the first show in the Vintergarten varieté i played five months shows uh seven days a week mm-hmm. wow uh and and you know i was with uh i was just some top Top acts. They were booking these really good acts. Um, and seven days a week, you know. So, so, and we heard, though, that there was another theater in town. In Germany, they call it Vaillete, which is what they used to call vaudeville when there was vaudeville. In Europe, it was Vaillete. Mm. So, and there was another Vaillete theater across town. It was a less expensive ticket and kind of wilder. We heard it was experimental. And, uh, and then we found out we couldn't see their shows because we're doing shows seven days yeah, a week, yeah. 8 p.m. And then we found out they were doing a Mitternacht show, a midnight show, uh, every Friday, every Saturday night. They did, and that it was a lot looser affair. Yeah, that was like yeah. whoever was in town, and a lot of the variety acts that lived in Berlin. And so they they'd scramble, and, and some kids from the school, and they, they 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 were doing these fun shows. So me and some of the other acts from our show at the Vintergarten, 
um, would every Friday, every Saturday, would quickly get out of makeup, jump in the car, cross town, go to the uh, the Chameleon buy a tape. Uh, and then we met the the one of the owners and and one of the performers there, uh, Hockey Ginda. Ah, and Hockey, uh, you know, recognized us, knew about us, and uh, said, yeah. Uh, he asked me at some point, uh, "Man, would you would you want to be in in one of the the shows?" And I said, "Well, you know, I signed an exclusive cross town with this other theater. I can't do anything, but until the exclusive runs out, when it's over, I'm still going to be in Berlin. I'm going to hang for a while. Uh, I'd love to do something." He said, oh, yeah, man, that'd be great. Listen, you know, we don't pay any any real money. <laughs> and I said, no, yeah, but that reminds me. There's a place in Oregon called the Oregon Country <laughs> Fair. It, it can really not pay you any yeah. money. <laughs> and based on that, we both committed. <laughs> and the Moisture Festival has taken that formula. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were, so hockey started coming to the Oregon Country Fair right now. And at some point, hockey put together from from his theater first, but also all these other venues around that part. Uh, of Berlin, which is, which had only a couple of years before that been East Berlin. Mm. The wall was up. The wall had just come down in 91. And, uh, but hockey's putting together this comedy variety festival in Berlin. And he said, Tom, Tom, I, I've got a, I've got a sponsor. Lufthansa Airlines said that they'll fly a couple of artists from America. Oh, wow. So how about you? You can bring your girlfriend with you, you know, and, and we'll, and my girlfriend wasn't up for it. So I called Ron Bailey. And I said, Ron, you want to play guitar behind the act and me and you? I want to show you this thing that's happening in Germany. They've got Vaite. You know, it's it's similar and different than what we're doing. And for one thing, they pay money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the chameleon a little less so, but the, the yeah. scene in Germany was, you know, people were making yeah. their living at this. And, and Ron said, yeah, well, I, um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ron came with me and and he just fell in love with this whole scene, this Vaite scene. And the two of us, well, the three of us, me, Ron Bailey, and Hockey, said, you know, they would love this. And Ron said, especially Seattle. We should bring this to Seattle. Um, was Ron living in Seattle at the time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah Ron was part of the uh, uh, the Royal Family du Caniveau, yeah. the Dynamic Logs. He'd been here a, a good while, had, a, had, had this scene going on. And uh, and I, uh, and I so we, 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 the three of us said, okay, we're going to get American acts to Germany to play in the Vallette. We're going to get German acts over to uh, America, and we're going to try and get this thing going on in Seattle. Um, and we became, uh, b b b informally, uh, <laughs> actually, okay, there's another story. <laughs> Ron, Ron was working with, uh, with, uh, Paul of the Flying Karamazov brothers. They were trying to put together a variety, uh, show in, in a theater here in town. And I was with hockey in, in Berlin and we called uh, Ron at some point and said, hey, how's it going there? He said, well, you know, we're having a few problems. Artists, you know, have problems with each other. He said, it's a bit like, you know, you know, artists, it's like, it's like Van Gogh and, uh, uh, they cut off his ear with the other painter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're having some problems. And anyway, anyway, uh, Ron said, what, what's it going to take to get hockey and, uh, and Tom over to Seattle? Let's get this thing going. And I said, uh, Okay, what do we want? We want the other ear. <laughs> so we became other ear productions. Oh, ah. nice. Three of us. We're going to make this happen. And, and artists from one side. Yeah, yeah. Other. And we did. We got a, we, we went to and played the chameleon with a whole bunch of Canibo and other performers. And uh, and Ron, actually, I wasn't here the year that he got Chumley's tent. Yep. And they set up, they called the first Moisture Festival. Um, and then I was here from then on okay. in all the subsequent ones yeah. so i was kind of part of it before it began i wasn't in the first shows when it yeah. began and i've been with it ever since yeah now you grew you grew up in patterson jersey silk city oh you know you know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and uh so from what i've read bubbles was not your first interest it was you started with some yo-yo and paddleball first <laughs> is that true yeah yeah patterson new jersey by the way hometown of lou costello Yes. Okay. So I have the top seven most famous people. Oh, really? From really? from Patterson. Number one, Lou Costello. You're Number right. two, Allen Ginsberg. Allen Ginsberg. Number three, Ruben Hurricane Carter. That's right. That's right. Number four, Jacob Biegerson, which was the chemist that worked on the Manhattan Project. Wow. Number five, Tom Noddy. Number six, Bill Hass, which is a snake and venom specialist. Wow. So, yeah. It, it took a dive real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About the time they got to the bubble guy. <laughs> Ooh. Bubble guy, snake venom guy, and then Prince Randia, which is a sideshow performer. Oh, yeah. uh, he was in the movie Freaks. So all oh, from your hometown. Really? So 
Uh, you didn't mention Garrett Hobart. Oh, no. Garrett I... Hobart was vice president of the United States, would have been president. When McKinley got shot, he was McKinley's vice president. <laughs> if the guy was a better aim, he would have been president. <laughs> no, no, McKinley, no, McKinley died. died. McKinley died. Uh, but it was a little bit too late because uh, 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 Garrett Hobart died during his first term. And then oh. in the second term, he took this 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 guy from New York. What's his name? Uh, Teddy uh, Roosevelt. <laughs> so Roosevelt became president instead of Garrett Hobart. Oh. Better get a statue there. <laughs> oh, so he died before McKinley died. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. when Roosevelt became vice president. Wow. You don't want to outlive your vice president. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in New Jersey, a, a town famous for silk production. That's and right. then how did you come across Bubbles? Uh, you know? Yeah, well, well I, hang, you, on, hang on. This, hang on. From the mailbag, my daughter, who's a big fan, wrote, why bubbles? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Very articulate one you have. Yes. Okay. Well, the answer to that question is you can't blow an ugly bubble. Ah. I've tried, by the way. That's that's my goal. One day. Like a mud bubble? What about a mud bubble? bubble? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Up, make it kind of. They're still gorgeous. Yeah. I just still haven't been able. But you're right. So, so I here's the thing. I, I was a hippie. I, I was hitchhiking all over America. I went to Woodstock. I put my thumb out. I, I went wherever the driver was going. I really didn't care if they were going east or west. Uh -huh. you know? I mean, really, I was just, just on up the, the road. adventure. Turns out I was really good at that. I was good at being broke <laughs> in America and in uh, adapting myself to what happened. Next. So you're like, how can I make a career out of being broke? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but at some point, I decided that I want to go to Europe. Uh -huh. and, and I am the money. I mean, I was going wherever the driver wanted to go. <laughs> you don't make money that way. So, uh, so okay, okay. So, what am I? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, okay, I'll, hey, real quick. What's um, the strangest place the driver ever took you? Oh, the strangest place. Uh, uh, we're going. We're going down different. <laughs> two different. You're splitting <laughs> stories here. No, you're right. I, I mean, we're gonna have a weird time circling back to that <laughs> one if we don't get it out now. Well, no, right. Well, well, there were some these, there were some weirdo communes, religious communes in those days. I was really into. I'll go and do that. You know, what are you seekers? Yeah, yeah. okay. And not all of them were uh, on my track. Yeah. And, and uh, but I also got dropped off in the middle of you know uh, heavy duty ghettos. But I Patterson is kind of heavy duty yeah. ghetto scene already. Yeah. So I, you know, that, that was, was a like, little bit familiar. They mm. took me home. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point I said, okay, I want to go to Europe. And so I went back to New Jersey. I took a job in a factory, first job, first factory, stupid job, whatever. I'm just going to. And the day that I took the job, I set a date for quitting. I flipped pages on a calendar and I randomly circled it. Okay. 10, 10 months later. Okay. I'm going to work every day. I'll work overtime if they have it. I just, I, I had other fancy plans. How I'm going to make money. And then, no, no, Tom, forget about the smart, just do the stupid, do a stupid job, set a date for quitting at the end of it. You'll have some money. You know, if you stay home at night and don't spend your money, you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. I came home every night from the factory. I worked at the factory. And it was a stupid place. And again, I came home every night and I came home every Okay. Uh, and just to, yeah, entertain myself. I got this idea. When I was a kid, some kids could take a yo-yo and they could loop the loop around the world and rock the cradle and spaghetti and rub and goody to go all these tricks. I wasn't one of those kids. When I had a yo-yo, I, you know, I could loop the loop, I could over the falls, but I couldn't, I couldn't do all that. So uh but come on, I'm 21 now. I was nine then, you know. Yeah. I'm more coordinated, I'm smarter, yeah. I can figure out it. Yo-yo, come on. So I got the yo-yo and I came home every day, every day, every night, every night. I'd work overtime, but I'd come home every night. My father's going, Jeez, you got a yo-yo? You're 21, you got a yo-yo? And, and, but I was kept doing it. I kept doing it every night, every night. And sure enough, I got to start getting good at it. And I could do what you got to go. All the tricks that I knew about, I could do. And then, and then, and then it got boring because, you know, it was a yo yo when I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had a point, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so I got bored. So I thought, okay, no, no, but it's a good plan because I was staying home, I was saving the money. My friends would call and I'd say, no, no, I'm busy. Loop the loop the loop. Busy playing with my yo yo. Loop the loop. <laughs> So okay, what's another toy then? Another skill toy? What do they got? What do they got? Oh, oh yeah, there's this wooden the flyback, the wooden paddle with the old elastic, little red ball. Six hundred was my record. And my father's going, this thing's really stupid. Go back to the yo-yo. But I, you know, bounce it off as a and then and then I got bored. 
Uh, and I, uh, okay, what's what's another thing? Um, well, the bubbles, I had a friend in college who used to put cigarette smoke into bubbles. I thought, well, that's something, but what would he do with bubbles? I mean, were you hoping for this to be a job or was no, it just, no, just, no. just a hobby? Spending time. Yeah. So it wasn't even a hobby. I was just trying to like keep my idiot head. Yeah. Keep myself at home every night. Yeah. Keep my, you know, tell my friends I'm busy. And, and, uh, but I, it's okay. I can't think of it. Cause you know, we need nothing to do with bubbles. You yeah. know, you, you make a big one, I guess. Right. And then, uh -huh. and then what do you, you make like a bigger one, I guess. I yeah. So, so I got the, I got, I got a jar of bubbles. I'll do that until I can think of something. And I came home and every night, every night, every, every night, every night. And I just came home and my father, <laughs> but, but I sat in the chair and it was good light, you know, and I, and, and my thing was, I'm just gonna make the biggest bubble I've ever seen. And in those days, they didn't have ridges on the wands, mm -hmm. you know, which holds mm -hmm. extra juice. Yep. You can make more bubbles or you can make a bigger bubble. If you, and they just had two little plastic loops that yeah. were like, like the end that you hold. Uh -huh. and in fact, that was my first trick. Uh, I would blow a bubble as big as I could, and then I'd let it go. I'd dip back in while it's in the air. I'd catch the bubble with a dry finger. I'd break the opening and so I could blow a, and a triple dip and I made a bubble as big as a basketball, the biggest wow. one any of my friends had ever uh -huh. seen. And, and then and then a beach ball. Uh, and, then, and then I started, okay, this, it gets bigger, it gets bigger, it gets to a certain uh, weight, a certain shape, and it wants to fall off the wand. So, and, but I'm getting, and now I can hold it up with my breath. You know, okay. while I'm blowing. Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta blow it because if I take a breath, it starts falling. I uh -huh. have to come back in fast but not hard. Yeah. Fast but not hard. This I had this is inane skill. I still have just hold it up with the stream of air blowing upward just to counter the weight. And I could it took me forever to figure out that and, and get a second one. <laughs> Hold spend the, the bubble up. Spend the I, love, you know? I would love for your dad to have said that without <laughs> right. taking his eyes off the TV. Just get a second one. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he flicks a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so I worked that job for 10 months. I had the date uh, September 5th. Every time I woke up in the morning, I didn't know. No, I'm not going to. Uh, September 15th. I'm a hippie. I'm not like a good worker. You know? mm. <laughs> but I get, okay, okay. September 5th. I get out of bed. Waiting in this freezing cold for a bus to take me to a factory. It's, it's September 15th. Okay, okay, okay. Get to the factory, punch that stupid time clock. September 15th. Okay, it was September 15th. I go on. And every night with the, and then after the bubbles, I've, okay, okay, I, I will say this. It was the 1970s and the colors were beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the colors on the bubbles were just iridescent. This mind blowing. <laughs> so, so now I'm like, into yeah. the and, then, bubbles. and then your dad's like, that's purple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Kool Aid. <laughs> so, at the uh, and I'm saving money. I'm just uh, getting the paycheck. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm paying a little bit to my parents for, for living there. And otherwise, I'm just putting it all away because I'm not spending any money 35 cents for a jar of soap bubbles from. From Woolworths, yeah, and, and every every night, every night, every night for ten months. And when I quit the job and I went to Europe, I quit the job September fifteenth. Don't mess around. <laughs> I, really I think the flaw in your plan is you quit in September when, like, you're coming into winter. You should have quit <laughs> in June. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that you're right. That's that's a good point. Although it, it did it did mean once I got myself to Europe that I, I had a little bit of Northern Europe, and then I went, uh-oh. <laughs> and I headed to Greece. Ah. And I stayed on Crete for eight months. Ah. And I had to learn to speak some Greek and figure out the Greek alphabet and the Greek people and the passion of the... I read Kazantzakis, and I ah, just, I loved... So it gave me that. But you're right. Yeah. It was it was, it was wrong thing <laughs> that got me there. But the beauty of you knowing Greek alphabet now is you can tell the order of the, the COVID variants. Yeah, that's right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so that so then that that got me into bubbles okay. that's why <laughs> wait so when you said you had a friend in college who blew smoke into bubbles that's right and that didn't sort of like click with you right away you're just like hey that's cool well you yeah know, it was one of, of several you know things that people that age and in that era did to like uh, you know a little mind farts yeah little, little goofball things if you 
if you, if you, if you hang, if you untwist a, a, a wire hanger and you attach strings to it, like fishing line, and you put those on your fingers and you put them in your ears and somebody taps on the, on the coat hanger and it goes, yeah. but no, no, but like reverb in your head. We did things like, and, and if you, you know, plastic and you light it, drops into a bucket and there's, and you know, goofball things. Uh-huh. So and she used to, put, I like how you say goofball things and point to me. Yeah, like, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I do. I do. No, I know I'm in a room full of, you know, I'm in a jungle wagon with people who know what I mean here right now. This is this is easy. So, all right. I've got a super nerdy, weird question. Yes. Who invented or when did they invent the ridges on the bubble thing? Because you mentioned that was a big deal. Brilliant, huh? Was that brilliant? That was, and, and as soon as one company had it, boom, a bunch of them. I, I don't, the first one that I saw was uh, Pustifix. Okay, that's German, right? That's, well, that's German the German. That's the bear. Well, yeah, the bear also, but they, they, it, it's a little tube, a little, a little plastic tube, and the, the wand is attached to the handle when you unscrew ah. it. But you're right. They also made one that was shaped like a bear, and if you squeezed his belly, the wand came up, and both wands, the ones attached to the, to, or the one on the bear, uh, had ridges on it. Brilliant. Know. And then all the bubble companies started adding ridges. I was using Jack and Jill brand, and then I was using, uh, uh, it was called Wonder Bubbles at first, and then they got bought up by a company called Strombecker, and uh, and they, they changed their name to Mr. Bubbles, not to be confused with Mr. Bubble, which is the bubble baths. Oh, yeah. Oh, so the S is all the difference. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, hold the, hold the, <laughs> and they started adding ridges to their ones, and then they, they added deeper ridges. Well, that was even better. It really did. It held more juice, and that was better. And then, and so I thought, hey, I'll make them with, yeah, no, it doesn't, you can't keep going. It's, it isn't optimal. Um, you can make just as good a, a wand uh, with pipe cleaners. Ah. Cotton, not, not, yeah. the, not the craftsy ones mm. with the acrylic, but uh, white cotton dad's pipe cleaners. And you twist it around your finger and make a loop, you know. Mm -hmm. And then now you still have all that fuzz on, on the yeah. handle, on yeah. the wire. Burn that off. Get, a, get, a, get dad to make a big uh, lighter. Get that. So you end up with a wire handle and a fuzzy loop just as good as the best ones. Uh -huh. Holds extra juice. That's crazy. So, yeah. is, do you have a preferred brand of bubble wand? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, bubble wand. Yeah. Okay. I have a preferred <laughs> brand of bubbles. I have a preferred brand of bubble wand. And and, and these have changed through the years, too. Um, then there was this off brand, this weird, you only found that mom and pop stores. It was called Bubble Joy. Some company in Ohio um, made Bubble Joy. And, and it's a mom and pop grocery store. And I, I'd see Bubble Joy. And I'd ask him, do you have more in the back? I want all of these. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. bring them all out. Bring them all out. And I dumped the juice. It was useless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Best wants. They had these <laughs> deep ridges. They had a smooth outer edge on them. So that when you do let go of it, when, when you have the, the outer edges all, all, all crinkly too, from the, from the, it, it, it clings to them when you want to let go. And yeah. I could do it, but it was, this was really nice one. And, uh, and so that, that was the wand. And then the juice was the stuff that they were selling at Woolworths, which was the cheapest stuff was Wonder Bubbles. And Mr. Bubbles became, uh, that was the, the cheapest, most available bubble stuff there was okay. in America. So I, I, and I would still use that if that company hadn't folded once Woolworths closed. Ah. So they're gone. Uh, and then I, by, but by then I was going to Germany playing these variety theaters and I had was also adding giant bubbles. I almost never do them nowadays because lots of people do big bubbles. Mm -hmm. They're really messy. They're merely the, the stage floor. You got yeah. hail, gallons of juice. You're hauling. Over. So I was doing it because it was a novelty and I was the only one. But once there were a lot of people doing it, I kind of left it off. But when I was in Germany trying to put it together, I, I had I had done a lot of tests in America, discovered that Dawn was the best for making big bubbles. Mm -hmm. Dawn dishwashing liquid, right? I tested all. I taught the the, the the, the stuff for the dishwasher, the stuff for the laundry soap. I tried everything. Just throwing Tide Pods in there. Yeah, well, it was before Tide Pods, <laughs> but Tide, I tried Tide. I tried all the different kinds of soaps and detergents and determined that Dawn was the best. Uh, and, and then I was going to Europe and they don't have Dawn. Uh, Actually, one, one guy wanted to shoot me uh, filming little slow-mo stuff uh, in Germany. And, and so I tried, shopped around in Germany for what did they have? And none of it worked as good as Dawn. Um, and then we had the idea we were in Munich and we went to, uh, uh an American military base. Ah. Those guys at the PX, they've got American products. Yeah. 
we still we can't shop there, but we stood outside. Hey man, hey, hey man, <laughs> can we have some dawn? You know? I know this is a weird question. <laughs> yeah. I swear I'm over eighteen. Yeah. I swear <laughs> I'm just doing dishes. <laughs> And then I found out, I, and the same thing happened in France, the same thing happened in England. Oh, no, actually, then in England, I found out they had a brand they called Fairy, and that worked. Mm. In fact, I think, it's, I think it works just as good as Dawn. And then, in fact, I found out, yeah, they're both made by Procter & Gamble. Ah. That's the same stuff. Gotcha. And, then, and now Fairy is all across Europe. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at first, but now it's all across Europe. It's all across uh, Latin America. It's, uh, I found, found it in the Middle East when I did shows in Egypt. That's your go-to. Ferry or Dawn, or sometimes it's called Yes in some of the Scandinavian countries. Uh, I think in the Netherlands they call it Drift. Um, but they are. So I, I, could, I made a mix. That's nice. I had to add some stuff to it. There's Dawn and water and add some commercial bubble juice or add little things to it. And I, and I got it to work, and uh, and then I was making. I got it working good enough that I could actually do the, the act with the smaller little sculptures that I do as well. And then um, other people started doing bubble stuff, and the and the word kind of spread that, uh, that dawn is the stuff and fairy yeah. is the stuff. And somebody came up with the stuff there. That now, I don't know if you know this, but when I was younger, there were not bubbles but it's a guy in the street corner uh, somebody in the park making bubbles as big as school buses and there is now yeah that's out there that didn't used to exist mm-hmm. long chain polymers long chain polymers which are uh, there were a few different products guar is good guar like the guar gum guar gum you you yeah. go into uh, a health food store not the metal band yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> or uh, it's also a, a common ingredient. Well, there's another one called PEO, polyethylene oxide, and that's a common ingredient. Uh, and, and so it was uh, no, numerous uh, cellulose products uh, in uh, in something they called uh, personal um, l- lubricant. Personal <laughs> lubricant has these long chain polymers. Yeah, yeah. If you add that to your Dawn and water, yeah, uh-huh. you see these for the for the giant. It's not actually that useful for what I do in my act mostly because I'm doing these sculptures, and it makes it kind of loose and stringy and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, but for the big ones, it's really good. So ah, now when did you when did you figure out that you know when did you go from a kid annoying his father with bubbles and paddleball and yo yo to a man in Greece to a the world's most premier bubble man. <laughs> How, when did that transition? Yeah, like when, when, when did you start making money? When did it? the moment, when did <laughs> it, when it? did it happen where you were like, Oh, this is something that I can do for as a performance to. Yeah. Well, when you say when I started as a kid, I was 21 when mm. I started just playing with working yeah. at factory. I was 21. Um, and I have to say uh, by the, uh, at that same time, remember I mentioned this friend in college used to put smoke and bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Her name was Rory. Uh, and Rory, it was from Brooklyn. I, I went to college in Memphis. I, I met Rory there. But uh, Rory's uh, Austin is actually from Brooklyn. So when I was working in the factory, I made my way out to Brooklyn and looked up Rory. And said, hey, Austin, what are you doing? I said, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm writing puppet plays. That's what I was doing. I started. I saw a puppeteer on Berkeley campus, and he was doing social commentary using puppets. All right. And it just started pouring out of me. I started writing all these puppet plays for hand puppets. <laughs> I, did, I had a notebook full of them. You're and, like, and I've been wasting my time with bubbles. <laughs> oh, this is before bubbles. This is before bubbles. I'm writing these puppet plays. And then just, I ended up back east, took the job in the factory, said a date for quitting. Your dad yeah, I like, know. thinks he's opening up your diary. He's going to get some <laughs> gossip on what's going on with your emotion. He's like, Punch and Judy. And Rory... And I said, so what are you doing, Rory? And she said, I'm making puppets and selling them on the street in the village. Oh. So this is the same one that was smoking the bubbles. And now she's, so I helped her sell some puppets on a weekend in the, in the village. We just set up her little puppet thing on a, on a the fender of a car and sold it to passersby. I put the puppets on and I did some of my puppet skits, gathered a crowd and we sold puppets to people. And she gave me my first puppets. Oh, nice. So, I'm do- so I was doing political, social, and spiritual satire with puppets. <laughs> The bubbles came into that show, ah, and eventually took it over. Thing was, thing about street performing with bubbles is, 
a little bit of wind and I got nothing. Yeah. And that's what it was. I was a street performer. Nobody was booking bubble acts. Yeah. <laughs> there was no place to go to for it. But, but they were booking uh, political commentary. No, nobody shows. was booking, spiritual. but at least on the spiritual. <laughs> spiritual political, commentary. social, and spiritual. <laughs> Satire. So. Yeah, but so, but at least I could do a street show with that. Well, with the bubbles, a little bit of wind, and I couldn't do the bubbles. Yeah. So I had this show, and I was just terrible at gathering a crowd. Mm. You guys have done street performing? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, you can be really good, you get, and you got to be really good. And you got to build up to the hat. There's all these skills that are involved. But the first one is, can you stop these strangers, these passersby, and make them wait and listen to you long enough to see what you got? Yeah, I was. Terrible it's, at that brutal. part. It's brutal. I'd stand there with the puppets on my hand. And, Hello, excuse me. Hello, would anybody like to see? I have a little. Uh, yeah, I have a. This, I have a show. Does wait, nothing. Nobody. New York City. <laughs> yeah. Nobody oh, comes geez. to that. Goodness gracious. But if I blew a smoke bubble and bounced it on my arm, I didn't have too many tricks in the beginning. I'd bounce a smoke bubble from arm to arm. People would call each other over. Hey, come here, watch this guy. Watch watch when they break. Look at this guy. Look what he's doing. There's, a, there's just smoke inside of him. Yeah. He's bouncing it from arm to arm. Then I had one I called the volcano. Uh, I catch a bubble, smoke bubble, mm -hmm. on the wand, and with a dry finger, if you touch it inside the hole of the wand, that breaks. But it only breaks it within the boundaries of that yeah. wand. So you now have a hole. And the bubble deflates and pushes that oh, yeah. smoke whoosh, up and out of there. And the reaction to that, so nine, nine, 12 people are gathered, Central Park in New York, uh, Washington Square, or just on a street corner in New York. People, and, and suddenly I do this trick and, and there's this reaction. It's a funny one. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, ooh, and it's kind of a laugh. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it, but it's a sound that they all make together. Yeah. And when they all made one sound together, something in my head clicked. That's an audience. I've never had trouble talking to an audience. I was mm -hmm. too shy to talk to yeah. these strangers, these passersby. Uh -huh. Hello, excuse me. Hello, I have a little Danny. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. But as soon as they they were ooh, they made one sound together. Say now, folks, with Tom Knight, the traveling puppets, political, social, hey, spiritual. Hey, now there's my hippie puppet over here. Hey, hey, his hand. Hey, I hey, was hey. on. I, I did the whole show. I passed the hat. Oh, nice. Yeah. They stuck around for the puppets. I need, yeah. I, I grabbed them. I could I could do it. I could yeah, talk. Yeah. I could uh, hold them and tell them, you know, you're going to love yeah. this. Look at her eyes. You know, he's pulling her. No, stay here with me. I, I could really do a street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once they were an audience, once I could think of them as an audience. And, and, and so the bubbles were around, but. They didn't work on the streets very well. A little bit of wind, and I had nothing. If I could just get it to work in the beginning, but I was doing more and more inside. I'm coming up with more and more tricks. So there's more bubbled show, but I need to get off the streets. When I got out to San Francisco, hanging with the street performers, Fisherman's Wharf. Fisherman's Wharf is always windy. Mm -hmm. It's oh, either yeah. coming in or it's going out. Mm -hmm. So I'm hanging with all the street performers, got to know them. We hang out in the cafes. I show them bubble magic. Whoa, a lot of them really liked me, uh. knew that I was doing something. But uh, I, I couldn't book. I couldn't get the stage in the cannery. I couldn't I couldn't uh. book it because we didn't know if the wind was going to be blowing yeah. at that moment. Yeah. If I found a spot with a, my yeah. back to the building, I might be able to pull off some bubble tricks, get a crowd uh, working with the But um, that's why I started booking uh, street performers into variety shows ah. indoors because I needed to be indoors. Yeah. And I would MC the show and I would present the bubbles. I'd present the puppets. I had political satire. Blah, 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 and um, new vaudeville. And moisture festival. That was a 30 minute drive to the answer to the first question. <laughs> and so, what happened to the puppets? <laughs> do you still have them? Do you still do puppets? I still have a few puppets, but. All the stuff that I wrote, and I really did write some. It, yeah. was, it was writing, is what uh -huh. it was. It was smart stuff, but it was um, it was topical, and all those topics have changed. Yeah. So they're all they all got old. The writing stopped coming. It stopped. It stopped pouring out like it used to. Mm -hmm. I had one. I have one, and he's 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 a semi regular. I don't know, you guys have been moisture festival shows with me. If we did matinees together, maybe you saw me do Mousy. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. that. I've seen Mousy, yeah, little yeah. yellow puppet. Yeah, yeah. Along the way, so I'm in Eugene, Oregon in the off season and we're going to do a show at the wow hall variety new vaudeville uh moe's right fire breathing and sword swallowing roberto morganti great juggler and we're putting this big variety show. but actually all of us are kind of like kind of hippies 
and we have a good audience for it, the Oregon Country Fair yeah. crowd. Um, but people bring their kids. Oh, bubbles and puppets. People bring kids over. <laughs> My street shows, they plunk their kid down in front. Okay, we're going to pick you up. No, man, I got a God puppet. I'm going to make fun of the church. What do you yeah. Give me your kids. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> What's the matter with you guys? But they don't know. Bubbles and puppets. They think it's a kid thing. But none of us were really good with kids, right? And, they, and, and they, all the kids in the front, all the kids sit by the performers in the front. No, no, you guys. And so we're gonna, we got a show coming up, and I have a friend, uh, uh, Peggy. She's kind of seen me now, and and, Pe- and I said, Peg, uh, she's doing childcare, mm-hmm. you know, preschool uh, stuff. And, and I said, can we come to your to your class, to your your group of kids, and uh, and and spend some time with just the performers, with just the kids? Because, you know, when you've got the kids and you've got an audience behind them, you're you're hollering your jokes over the yeah. top of the kids. It's yeah. two, no it's attention to the kids. Two separate audiences yeah. is what you yeah. have. So can we just, like, just be alone with the four-year-olds for a bit until we can get what this is about so we can talk to them? And so I had picked up this rubbery little puppet thing, a le- yellow puppet, and and I, and I found a little a little reed, a little plastic reed inside of a sleeve, and I, and I put that in my mouth, and I blast out syllables, and that was a mouse, a little mouse mm-hmm. puppet, and Mousy was just talking to these kids, and and, and what do the what do the four year olds want him to do? They want him to uh, to count, and and he, and he counts poorly. And they think that's so funny. He can't even count. They can count. And even this, he can't even count to four. You know, and, 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 and what do they want him to say? The alphabet. And he said the alphabet. And then he got really excited about the letter P. (laughs) They thought that was so funny. Yeah. Uh, That is still topical for four-year-olds on the planet forever. And Mousy's got this funny voice. He talks like this. Mousy, <laughs> and th- and so I would just talk with Mousy, and he's the only puppet that I really regularly do. It, it places, especially at the Oregon Country of Fair, course, yeah. where they've seen them. Be- I can't not do Mousy. No, <laughs> oh, you didn't bring the mouse. Oh man, I brought the kid. We go all yeah, the right? and it's not even just the adults. It's funny. I've tried to do Mousy. Do you ever have people go, "Hey, do you do, you, do you, have you seen the Mousy guy? I think he does bubbles <laughs> too." <laughs> I think he does some couple bubbles if you stick around long enough. That's right. <laughs> no, he is. He, he's really got fans uh, for the people who've seen him before. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hang on, we missed the big thing. You just carry that in your pocket all the time. Yeah. Well, mousy voice. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when that's going to come in handy. You're at the grocery store. Yeah. I'll tell you. You're funeral, on a podcast. You're at a funeral. <laughs> It actually came in handy one time at the country fair. I was emceeing a show. We were doing a pirate show, and I was the narrator. Okay. I was Honest Tom. I came out with an anchor tattoo and pirate gear on. My first line, I love my first my, Hi, I'm Honest Tom. That's not a real tattoo, and I don't really talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, because then I go in and out of the character for the rest <laughs> of the time. But, uh, but it was, I was narrating. I had a lot of text. I blew my voice out. Uh-huh. We didn't have mics and stuff, and I'm trying to holler to the people at the back. Of the- I'm walking around the fair, and people ask me, hey, Tom, how you doing? I said, yeah, I messed up my voice. You messed up your voice. Well, how'd that happen? Well, you want me to talk to you about it? What are you talking? I couldn't. <laughs> and then, yeah, and he kept doing it. He kept doing it. I'm trying to rest my voice. And so I, <laughs> I put my mousy voice in. And I, how did it happen? And they went, oh, yeah, never mind, man. Never yeah, mind. Right, right. <laughs> <Never> mind. <laughs> Without so the most comes in handy. it's a little weird. <laughs> I do try to keep one around. You never know. <laughs> yeah, without the, the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you know, you're doing bubbles. You're touring around. You're, you know, you're in San Francisco. You put together the new vaudeville. And then when does Carson call? When does that When does that? Yeah, happen? right. It so now I'm like in that's Santa Cruz. Point. I'm in Santa Cruz, California. I'm doing political stuff. I'm organizing street performers into, into uh, we, we put together voluntary guidelines. We have an organization, the Street Performers Guild. I'm doing political stuff. And I, I wouldn't do TV. You know, it was, it was a come out to live theater. Come out and see Vaudeville. You know, Vaudeville lives. It's right. You know, my, my posters always had a, a picture uh, of, a, of a television broken. Uh, mm. A hole in it, and and vines growing out of through. It's been broken for, a while. and and we called it entertainment for a post television generation. And a new vaudeville, come on, you know, and 
And then Avner, my good friend Avner, the eccentric, and Avner said, yeah, Tom, you know what? You've invented a new thing with bubbles. Eventually, somebody's going to copy your act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he is going to go on TV. And then he will be the bubble guy, and you will be doing his act for the rest of your life. <laughs> and it just sounded, yeah. as soon as he said it, it was just like scary truth. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, you're exactly right. That's what's coming. That's what I'm doing. Oh my! And, and so and so I okay no he's right he's right I have to go on TV at least once to establish that as of this date I was the guy who yeah. invented this new thing. Uh, so what should I go on? I should try to I guess the Tonight Show. Everybody wants to be on the Tonight Show, so I should want to be on the Tonight Show too. I guess. Uh, and I don't know what do you have to do? You have to call them up or did this go against them? your vine? No. growing out of the yeah, television. It did. It did. It, but it just it just showed me that you know that's a limited thing man you yeah gotta, you gotta grow bigger yeah okay i gotta do this a at least once mm. because i you know i've seen the flying karamazov brothers on television they are so marvelous if you've ever seen a flying karamazov brothers show or the the, the moisture festival shows the live energy uh -huh. in that room the thing mm -hmm. that's happening with people there's just the, the heart that is carried from they the same jokes i did the same jokes in the other show no it's this, you can fill a room with this, this wonder that's happening and wonder mixed with laughter. It's a, a sweet thing. And then, uh, and then I saw the Karamazovs on television and they were still funny, same, you know, lines, yeah. but they were so little yeah. <laughs> on the TV screen. They were little, they had so much had been taken from, them. they still made a, a good act as a guest on the show. They were, but they didn't have that. Really spectacular. They stole the TV steal so much from variety. I think that's, uh, you see somebody on trapeze. It's, oh my God, when you're there yes, live and then yeah. you see them on the trapeze on the TV, it's, it just doesn't have that wonder. And, and then, um, so I, I just didn't want to, want to do the uh, TV and then, but okay, I'll do the tonight show at least this once. It's not an artistic medium, but you know, it's, it's nobody's ever invented a better advertising media. Yeah, absolutely. Television. Yeah. So I, I ought to go on TV. And um, so I'll try and go on the Tonight Show. And if I can't get that, I don't know how you get it. You try. Yeah, I don't know why. And, uh, there was a show on TV at that time called That's Incredible. It was the first of one of these uh, reality shows. And, and they had people who would, you know, ride a speeding motorcycle into a brick wall and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know. So, okay, but there, I'm, you I'm, named the one occupation <laughs> crazier than professional bubble guy. <laughs> but I think I fit right in with what they were doing, you know, because they weren't all violent. Uh, so, okay, uh, I'm sure they'll have me on anyway, but I'll finally first try the Tonight Show, you know, and uh, and then and then and then I didn't really. We had a flood in Santa Cruz in 83 and uh, 82, 83 winter and uh, benefit shows. And I really I didn't get on it. But that, that was my thinking by then, and then uh, I got a I got a call from that's incredible. They heard I, I so I played this mad. Oh no, I got to go back. I was with Tim First, one of the Flying Karamazov brothers, mm -hmm. one of the organizers. He books the acts at the uh, Oyster Festival. I was with Tim in New York, and he was going to buy something at Tannins, the biggest magic store in the world, uh, Times Square in New York. So I went with him to Tannins. And uh, and he's looking around. They end up get, getting rings for this tea ceremony piece that they once said. And uh, and so I'm kind of free in there. And I, I went over to talk to one of the other. I met some magicians by now, mm -hmm. and uh, and I talked to some about bubbles. I'm always asking him, hey, was there ever a bubble act before me? You ever hear bubble acts? No, nobody really. And and so and so I'm talking to the magician behind the counter. I said, uh, so do you have uh, do you have multiplying bubbles? It's like multiplying billiard balls. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a trick magicians do. But there's a version of it with soap bubbles yep. where they look like soap bubbles. Uh, and the guy said, no, you're right. No, I haven't seen those in years. Maybe Abbott still has them. I don't know. Multiplying bubbles. You're right. You're right. Uh, I said, well, what about, you know, how you can make bubbles with dental dam? You blow it up into. He said, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and, and I said, well, it, it, there was another thing with bubbles where you could. Uh, and the guy said, what are you, what are you, everything's bubbles with you? What are you talking? Oh, yeah, in New York. <laughs> Uh, you're talking bubbles. You know, everything's bubbles. I said, yeah, well, everything's, well, well yeah, uh, let me show you. I had always had my juice with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, Just like the yards yeah, of the mouse. No, you no, wouldn't no. want to be caught out without your <laughs> mousy voice with, in a jar of bubbles, with, would you? Without your juice. Got to some juice. Got to juice. <laughs> so, so I got the, I got the juice out and I started doing uh caterpillar bow and the whole place stopped. 
all the magicians in front of the counter, behind the counter, everything stopped. Everybody came over to me. Whoa. So now I'm doing the act. Now I'm doing the jokes. I'm not yeah, doing yeah. Somebody gets on the intercom. So, uh, Tony Spina, you want to come out and see this guy? It's a guy in what's So Tony comes out. And, uh, and and I do that. Oh, oh, my God. So as soon as I'm finished, Tony says, don't talk to me. Come with me. Come with me. He takes me through the stacks behind the counter over into he's got a little office back there. And he said, listen, the Tannins Jubilee, it's a, it's a magic convention that happens mm-hmm. every year, uh, up in the Catskill Mountains at this resort. He said, uh, he said it's going to happen in two weeks. You want to be in this? And I said, well, um, two weeks. Now, I'm, I'm living in my van. I'm with my girlfriend. Uh, we're we're going to head out west in a couple of days. Uh, I can't hang out for two weeks. Uh, otherwise, it'd be fun. I'd like to play with you guys. He said, well, no, 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 listen, listen. It's, it's a big deal. Uh, the, there, there, there's not really any budget. You know, that's already already been spent. But, uh, but yeah, listen, we give you the medallion. If you got the medallion, you got, all your meals are paid for. And I said, I'm with my girl. No, no, we'll get her them down. All your meals, both your meals, you, you, you come on Wednesday, you can say through the weekend, you know, and, and, and you can go to all the shows and you can, you can uh, the magicians and you can go into the rooms where they're selling the magic tricks. And no, it sounds great. It sounds like fun. I, I didn't come up through magic. I don't know anything about magic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, that'd be fun. But I don't, I, we're, and he said, listen, no, it's great. It's the Browns Hotel. I said, the Browns? The Browns Hotel in the Catskill Mountains? The Browns Hotel, that's the Borscht Belt. Mm-hmm. That's I came up paying attention to all the comedians uh, on TV, all the uh, Shaggy Green, yeah. Myron Cohen, uh, the, uh, Woody Allen, uh, uh, this, uh, Jerry Lewis. Jerry, oh, I, I could play the, you're saying I could play on the stage at the Browns Hotel in the Catskill Mountains? He said, yeah, is, is, that, is that good? Yeah, well, man, that's the thing. Really, really. Uh, 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 let me let me talk to my girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. So then Tony's like, "You only get one medallion. One medallion. <laughs> only one medallion." <laughs> so that's it. So so we agreed to go. So you know, I didn't come up through magic. I and I'm living in the van. I'm really we're really hippies. Me and my girlfriend. And and the van broke down on the way, and I had to fix it. And I got grease on me. I'm arriving in the place. You know, we don't look like. People dress up for these things, yeah. <laughs> but we were right. And 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 then the woman at the desk, and I said, "My name, okay, I'll, he's on the list. Okay, we give him the thing. He's on the list, you know." So they give me the, the medallion, and we both. And uh, and 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 now, Tony told me one thing. He said, "Listen, you arrived when you were." He said, "But the thing is, don't give anything away. All the magicians showing each other tricks and stuff. Don't show anything, not a bubble, until you walk out on Saturday night. <laughs> no in the show. right?" <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay, no, good idea. And so, but, I, but we're hanging out, we're eating the meals, we're seeing the shows, guys are teaching tricks, you know, guys are teaching me tricks. Oh, no, really? No kidding. Mirrors. They, hey, look, they really do use mirrors. <laughs> I know nothing, yeah, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so, <laughs> so guy shows me a card trick, and then he says, you know how to do that? I said, no. He said, uh, well, you know the double lift, right? And I said, no. He said, no. He looks at me. I, I have the medallion. He's got the medallion guy doesn't even know the double lift. People are telling me the magicians were talking to each other. They don't look right. They don't. They don't. He doesn't know anything. I've never said. Well, I don't know why they're here. I don't know anything. So we walked down until I walked down on stage on Saturday night and <laughs> tore their heads off. Yeah. I mean, whoa. Yeah. They just. They'd never seen a bubble trick. And here it's a bubble show. Yeah. I had bubble after bubble after bubble after. Bubble. And 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 you know, okay. I already I had the advantage that jugglers have when you play a magic convention they they always say they get standing ovations if only because the wives are so happy that you're not going to cut a rope into three pieces <laughs> they're just thrilled that you're not going to bring out those rings and yeah. link them and unlink them yeah. they they the magicians love that they love to see each other and how you do the thing and when you know they're, they're completely involved so at a magic convention Half your audience, but the wives are like, oh, "What well, I know, the three ropes are good, and then one rope. I get it, I get it." But they, a juggler goes on, and they're like, "Yay!" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had that advantage go for, but it was more than that because the magicians, you know, the magicians. You know, this is what I like uh, about being with magicians. They, they when they saw what most people when they first see what I can do with soap bubbles, their first reaction is, oh, "I didn't know bubbles could do that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
magicians, when they first see what I can do with bubbles, they go, look at the time he has spent with bubbles. <laughs> they know what they're looking at. Yeah. It's the time. They know how long it took them to roll a 50 cent piece in their fingers and make it look like it's an easy thing to do. Yeah. They just, it's about yeah. the time. And they see that immediately that that's what the, oh my God. And then he's, and then, oh, and then he's constructed. Oh, and he's at, wow, why don't they break for him? I've tried. So the magicians were there. They were, they, they were my yeah. people immediately, you know? And, uh, Later on, <laughs> I, I, we're probably running out of time, but I'm going I'm to go into it anyway. <laughs> Later on, somebody from That's Incredible asked a magician, so is there anything incredible happening in the magic world? And the magician said, yeah, there was this guy who showed up at Tannen's Jubilee. Nobody knows who he is. Hey, nobody knows anything about him. His name is Tom Noddy. He lives in Santa Cruz, California. And what he does is called bubble magic. That's all we know. So the people from That's Incredible uh, they called the guy told me called uh, information in Santa Cruz. You have a number for Tom Noddy? No, I'm living in my van. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a phone. Uh, uh, okay, I, I don't. Uh, do you, do you have Bubble Magic in Santa Cruz? And she said no. Information. This is this is before the internet. People used to call the telephone. Anyway, so they're, they're talking to information. And she said, uh, he said, do you have uh, Bubble Show? No. Do you have Bubble anything in Santa Cruz? Well, she said, I have the Bubble Cafe. It's kind of a diner downtown. But you know, I'm a street performer downtown in Santa Cruz. I'm hanging out all the time. I know it's funny if you were going for breakfast into the Bubble Cafe and you saw the Bubble Guy. I'm, people know me as the <laughs> Bubble Guy. I'm hanging out. So I go there regularly. I know the owner, Lupe, Lupe Chavez, the owner of the Bubble Cafe. They call the Bubble Cafe. That's smart. This guy calls the Bubble wow. Cafe. They get Lupe. And Lupe says, yeah, no, I know the guy. I know the guy. Yeah, yeah, with the bubble. Yeah, yeah, new right. Yeah, no, I lie. I watched that show. That's great. No, I'll give him my, yeah, give, yeah, I'll give me the number. I give him to Next time I'm walking down the street, Lupe, time, 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 call these people. They want to put you on television, man. I watch that show. So I call up, and it's uh, Alan Landsberg Productions, you know. And, uh, and oh, oh, great, great. I'm glad you called. Uh, listen, we, we, we want to come up there. Can I, maybe I'm, we meet at your house. We discuss this whole thing. You're like, what house? Yeah. Right? Well, I don't say that. I don't want, yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to know that I live yeah, in my yeah. bed. They're going to yeah. offer me nothing. Yeah. I want I, so, okay. Uh, listen, maybe, why don't we better, we meet at the bubble cafe. Yeah. He said, oh, that's funny. We'll meet at the bubble cafe. Okay. So, so he comes up and he says, uh, the way he explains it, apparently he's kind of like a talent scout or something. And and I'm his now, he, or he's my guy. Yeah, he's going to help me deal with the company. That's great. That's great. And uh, he's going to pitch me to them, and he's going to. Uh, okay, good. Um, and then he says, uh, uh, everything. Maybe we bring to the studio. Maybe we shoot some stuff in Santa Cruz. I'm good with that. I want to do this thing. I want to be on it one time at least. Document as of this date. And so I'm agreeing to everything the guy is saying, but he's, he's really, he's really Burbank. He's really <laughs> this guy. And, and eventually he says, uh, uh, okay, so that's it. And I said, well, wait, wait, uh, are you, are you the one I, I talked to about the money? Yeah. Oh, money. Oh, money. Oh no, man. I'm sorry. I think you misunderstand. Uh, we, we don't pay. You, you do it for the exposure. Mm. Yeah. You can die from exposure. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Line. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing is, Tom, if people see you a lot, then I know, I know what exposure means. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, listen, okay, now I figure this guy tells me that he's, he's working for me. He's like my guy. He's going to help me with the company. So I'm going to confide in him, right? He's yeah. my guy. He'll, he'll help. I said, okay, here's the thing. I'm perfect for their show. And, uh, and, uh, and, I, and they're going to pay a, a lot. Oh, uh, what, what do you mean? Uh, what, what, a what 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 do you have what do you what do you have in mind, Tom? Okay, now that's a good point because I have no idea. I have <laughs> no idea. I have I've never gotten this far. <laughs> I, if somebody put five dollars in my hat, I thought that was a lot. Yeah, right. But I read in the paper, Robert De Niro made forty three million dollars in his last movie. I figure it's less than that, but more than five. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. In the middle. middle. But that's really all I got. And then. Okay, I'm prepared though. I'm this guy. Okay, here's the thing, Tom. It's going to get into negotiating the number. I have, 
I what I can't do is I can't trade. Okay, let's go halfway between what you say and rise. I I don't know. I don't know the numbers. I don't. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to name a number, and I'm going to stay with that number to the end of our negotiations. I'm, I'm not budget, but how much? I have no idea. And then, okay, I just I racked my brain. I couldn't come up with. And then I thought, okay, look, Tom, forget forget all the other references. What's a lot? What's a lot to you? I want a lot is what I want. What's a lot to you? You know what? I borrowed money to go to college. I went to college for a couple of years and then I dropped out. Borrowed a couple of thousand dollars, you know? And eventually they would, I was a hippie. I was hitchhiking. I was living out of my backpack. I was every once in a while I'd settle someplace long enough that they'd track me down and I'd get a phone call or a, or a letter from the people I owed this money to. And then they'd threaten my, my credit rating. It's <laughs> in my credit rating. I'm living out of a backpack. They said, well, you know, we're going to attach your pay. I don't have any pay. Yeah. I'm doing political satire on the streets and passing the hat. We're going to take a puppet. Yeah. We're going to take one of your puppets. And seven bubbles. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not, be, they're not threatening me, but I always thought, and I told them, I said, you know, I, no, I honestly, I honestly borrowed the money. I believe I owe you something. I just don't have it. If I ever make any money, I'll try and see if I can share some with you guys. I mean, that's the best I can do, buddy. You know, really, I mean, good luck. And uh, I, I personally, I think you ought to write it off. Mm -hmm. I mean, you invested in a guy who wasn't really college material. <laughs> it's, it's a bad investment, I say. But I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work like that. Whatever you're doing, just I'm, I'm telling you, if I get some money, I'll try and send it to you. Um, so that's all I ever did with them. And now I'm thinking, $2,000, that's a lot of money. I'm remembering that's a lot. That's my number. Yeah. That's I, I wanted a lot to that. That's my Okay. So when, when I talk to this guy at the bubble cafe and we get to the part about the money, I'll tell him it's two grand. That's my number. And, and I don't budge because that's my number. So, okay. So how, what do you have in mind, Tom? And I said, $2,000. He said, Oh, oh come on, come on. I, I don't do That's a college <laughs> tuition. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll pay that. I, I'm I'm perfect for their show. They'll pay that. That's what they pay. <laughs> so I know something, and he's going. Well, listen, uh, Tom. You know, if you want, I can call it in. But I don't think they're going. I said that's a good idea. Why don't you call it in? Call it in. Oh, well, okay. They didn't have cell phones those days. We had to go out on the sidewalk where there's a payphone. He calls. He calls up somebody. He's talking to him for a little bit, and then finally hands the phone to me. And this guy. And this guy is. This guy is also working for me. <laughs> this guy is like, Tom, Tom, hey, Tom, Tom, Tom. And, uh, and I told him, uh, no, no, 2000, that's, that's the number. And he said, look, I, eventually he says, look, if you want, I could take you to the meeting. But I don't think that I say, Wait, listen, this is really good. Because, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this. I've never actually negotiated a contract before. But uh, I'm learning something. I'm going to write this down someplace because. Uh, apparently, the first thing you do is you call it in. I'm going to write that down. You call it in. And the next thing is you take it. Why don't you take it to the meeting? I, I like this. Take it to the meeting. <laughs> and, and he laughed because now they know I'm, I'm teasing, but yeah, I'm yeah. also not budging on yeah. the number. You know. So, he, uh, so, so a couple of days later, three days later, they call me up. Well, they call me up. They call up the store where a friend of mine has a toy store. Cause they, we, we get on the phone. And uh <laughs> van. Uh, and they said, okay, Tom, no problem. Two grand, we're going to pay it. Wow. Yeah, I know. TV right now doesn't pay two grand for a spot. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> so, so they're going to pay the two grand. And, and, um, and but, but by now, I've seen the contract. It's not a contract. It's a waiver of all of my rights. Apparently, the way I read this thing, they could take my act out of the body of the show and sell it. Anywhere to any, always throughout the world. There's a phrase in there that looks like always and forever. It's something like as long as the grass grows green and the rivers run free or something like that. Yeah, no, yeah. the Indians sign these things. Ah, I'm not going to yeah, sign yeah. that thing. What do you, you can't, well, they say, well, 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 what's the problem, Tom? We're going to pay the two grand. I said, yeah, but I'm, you can't, you can't take my, he said, wait a second. Let me put the lawyer on the phone. They put the lawyer on the phone. He talks to her for a while, puts her on the phone. She said, what's the problem? I said, you can't take my act out of the body of the show. You sell the show, there's a limited number of times you can sell the show throughout the world. And then I get a piece, I think. I don't know. I think it's a union that takes care of that. But 
I, but you can't take my act out of the body of the show. I'll be competing with you for selling my act all over the yeah. world from now on. And they said, he, she said, no problem. Cross that part out and initial it. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah, yeah, just cross that out initially. Okay, all right. But anyway, I still can't sign it because of this other thing. What's that? And, I, and she said, yeah, cross that out too, initially. So just, uh, yeah. Well, what about this and that? She's going to cross those out too. <laughs> <laughs> what is this paper they hand people? What is it? Some people just sign them. Just redact the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I'll just cross this stuff out. Cross Leave that, the so. $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we agreed. That was it. So wow. they paid me a couple of grand and they made all the, there was one other thing right at the end. He said, okay, uh, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to pay you the two grand, but we're going to pay it to you. Uh, uh, your fee will be union minimum, $255 at the time. We're going to pay you $255. That's your fee. All the, we're going to give you the two grand, Tom, Tom, Tom. We're give you the two, <laughs> all the rest is going to be as expenses. Good for your taxes. Good for our taxes. I'm thinking, I don't have any taxes. It's the only money I'm making all year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but why not? Yeah. I mean, I still get the two grand, right? Yeah, you still get the. And then I think, I don't know this one. And I think, you know, Tom, you're doing really good for your first contract. Yeah. You know, I'm agreeing to everything. But I don't, I don't get this one. There's something yeah. here, and I could get burned on this. And then I think, you know what, Tom? Your first contract, you probably should get burned a bit. You're going to get everything else? I'll let them, and then you'll learn a thing from yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. So I agreed. And you know what it is? It's residuals. Ah. When they resell that show and they sold it all over the world, they sold it in Oman, they sold it in, and I get these checks, a percentage of my fee. Ah. So I get these $12 checks for years and years. I get these $12 <laughs> checks and they get it $200 checks. That was expensive. That's oh, a one time. Yeah. So I'm getting a percentage of the $255. That was my fee. So I'm getting $12 Brutal. checks. <laughs> Brutal. But. It gives me a punchline to the story to tell performers <laughs> backstage all the time. It's about the residuals, guys. Wait, wait. That's what they're how did Carson come into play? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's it for part one of our two-part conversation with Tom Naughty. Be sure to tune in in a couple weeks for part two of our conversation. We love we love the first part. You're going to love the second part. Yeah, we left it at a cliffhanger. Now, you can also check us out on a podcast we do, if you haven't had enough of our sweet, sweet tones, <laughs> called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast that comes out every Tuesday. And you can get that on wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. If you want to check out more of what Louie and I do, you can check out Louie on his personal site. That is louiefox.com and you can catch Matt at comedystuntshow.com and of course you can catch us here on the next episode of the Moisture Festival podcast with Tom Noddy for part two. Absolutely. Just a quick heads up, the Moisture Festival is dedicated to keeping the ticket prices to shows affordable and they do so by relying on individual donations. So if you're interested in donating financially or by volunteering, Please go to the website, moisturefestival.org. Contribute, like things. They got a YouTube page, Instagram, Facebook. Please just show some love. Yeah, drop them a crisp 20 in the mail. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. And stay moist.